Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the Resource Room Podcast. Hi, how you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Actually, you and I have been chit-chatting for probably like 15 minutes now. And finally, I said, Tiffany, we have to hit record or we're never going to get anything. Um, And I can't wait to really dive in. Before we do, though, will you share with everybody listening kind of who you are and what you do, what you teach, and uh, they're going to love you. I know it. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here today. My name is Tiffany White, and I am an educator located in Atlanta, Georgia. I teach special education. Currently, I'm a co-teacher, and I teach with fifth grade. I absolutely love teaching fifth grade, by the way. Um, Along with that, I am a mom. I have two children, 23 and 16. They're still my children. They're still my babies. (laughs) So, um, and also I'm a business owner. So I sell t-shirts, particularly teacher tees. And those teacher tees is it's like a tricky word. Teach a tease. Like, it's it's a, a hard thing to like roll off the tongue, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, particularly those teacher teach I sell are to inspire, empower educators, especially in these times that we are living in. Yes. It is hard to be a teacher sometimes, isn't it? Yes. Very hard. Speaking of that, that's what I loved when I was looking at your Instagram. It's like, I just love the positivity, like just scrolling through. It's just like a good feeling. And that's what you're good at is making people feel inspired and it's positive. And one of the things that I saw multiple posts about were their happy notes, right? Yes. Yes. Tell us about your happy notes. Okay, so because I am a special educator and because I teach fifth grade, which to me is a difficult grade because the kids are trying to fill themselves out and, you know, sometimes they can become unnoticed in the school building. Um, I love to spread positivity within my students, my colleagues. I just, it just, it just exudes me. Like, I just like bursting out of like positive stuff. So I kind of get frustrated when I see students who aren't being seen in fifth grade. So I kind of came up with this thing and I called it happy meal. Um, Those students who aren't, who are going to the office because of office referrals, they do constantly are doing things and constantly are getting discipline referrals. I said, how about we change the narrative? How about we send them to the office when they're doing something good? And it doesn't have to be, it could be something small. Maybe they picked up somebody's pencil off the ground. Let's just look for the little things that they're doing good and send them to the office with some happy mail, right? You have to have the buy-in from your administrator, though. Like, you have to let your administrator know, and they have to buy into this concept of happy mail. And sometimes when you 
like share positivity with your students, the negative behavior, the positive behaviors outweigh the negative behaviors. And that's what we want to do in the classroom. So along with the Happy Meal, they can also get Happy Meal sent to the office. But you can also, as a teacher, just write some positive things to your students, the other students. You can write positive things to your other students and just give everybody something positive to go throughout their day. My kids love when I give them little notes. They love it. I could put a note on a post-it and they just go crazy for it. I love that. And honestly, who doesn't want to hear something positive? Even if you feel like, oh, I was just doing my job or, oh, I was just doing what I was supposed to do. When somebody acknowledges it, it feels good. And you want to do what feels good. You know, you want to repeat that. And what are we trying to get kids to repeat in a day? It's not the the negative that's sending them to the office. It's the positive. It's the positive. It's the positive. So what does your administration do when you send it? Do they get a prize? Is it let shower them with attention? You know, that positive attention. What happens when they go to the office? So here's the thing. So you uh, you have to have several administrative team on this thing because you might not get the same person to give the reward. So some people have different things. They may give a pencil. They may give a positive praise. Um, somebody may sing a song and do a dance or something oh, like gosh, that. Oh, so I love that. That you make up um, within your school. I love the singing a song. I can't sing, but the kids think I am the funniest thing in the world when I do sing. So they get excited for that. <laughs> yeah, they don't care if you can sing or not. Like, they don't judge. They're not as judgy as what They're other not. adults are. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> so how do you choose which students receive Happy Meal? Or is that anybody who deserves Happy Meal? So basically, I'm trying to help the students that are always having negative behaviors. So I'm trying to help those students and encourage them to have pos- to make positive choices. So you're going to zero in on the students that's always doing the things that you may not want them to do, right? So those are the students that you're going to look for something positive in, the ones that's always going to the office, and just give them something positive to go to the office with. But like I said, with that also, there are also notes just for any, any student in your classroom. But you want to make sure that that student is not always repeatedly going to the office for negative behaviors. Because even though they're doing something negative, I'm quite sure you can find something positive that they are doing in the classroom. That is exactly where I was going to go with my next question. Do you ever, um, you know, as you're using this intervention, do you ask general ed teachers to do that? Or is that something that you're doing? So that's something that I'm doing in my classroom. And usually when I come up with something like this, like an initiative like this, I'll share it with my fifth grade team and mm-hmm. um, we all, I'll send it to them and we'll all do it as initiative as fifth grade. Or if uh, all of us are not on board and maybe somebody, cause I'm always coming up with something in their eyes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Tiffany's always come. What what do you have next for us to do? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll do it like that. We'll do it as a whole team or a class. You know, you choose. Mm-hmm. Because as you were talking about, you know, looking for something positive, that's what I was thinking. A lot of teachers who are up to their eyeballs in negative behavior or all of the things that are kind of stressing them out or taking up time in the day. To be able to say, I want you to look for one good thing or one positive thing for this student could be game changing, really. 
it could definitely be game changing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm glad you have such a willing um, team to like try whatever craziness you come up with. That's wonderful. My team is the best because I'm always (laughs) coming up with something and they're always empowering me and supporting me. I have the best team. I do have, I work with some extremely gifted and incredible teachers. That's wonderful. It makes such a difference. My team right now is probably tired of me for many of the same reasons because I'm like, guys, I have been dreaming of doing a classroom transformation for like years. And for a while I was saying, well, I'm in special ed. My kids are with me for 30 minutes. I just, it's not going to be the same, you know? So I'm not going to do it. And then finally the other day I was like, screw it. I'm doing it. Like we're going <laughs> to, the end of the year, we're going to spend three weeks testing. And when I see my kids on Friday after we've tested all week, like we deserve to have a nice, rewarding, fun experience. And so now's the time. And so uh, they're probably all like, seriously, Amanda, again, <laughs> like what are you doing now? But it's like, Thanks. Like they humor me anyway. So that's wonderful that you have such a good team that'll just roll with it. I do. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty good. And you know what? Talking about class, I've never done a classroom transformation for those same reasons that you said. But I I totally want to do one this year. And um, it just, I just feel like, yeah, for the exact same reasons that you said is why I felt like I couldn't do a classroom transformation, but I've been dreaming about doing one so bad. That's what I thought. So I'm like, really, I could just pick some stations and then like, how could I adapt it for my higher ones versus my lower ones or, or whatever? And they could just rotate through them. And right now, the way I'm kind of justifying it is my kids have missed out on service all week long because we've been testing. So when we do our classroom transformation on Friday, if they're in there longer than their 30 minutes, as long as their classroom teacher is okay with it, I'm fine with it because it just makes up some lost time. So I'll have to update and see how it goes later. (laughs) Let's do our transformation. Okay. Let's not be scared and let's do our transformation. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought. If it's a disaster, okay, it's a disaster. Fine. But like, I'm going to try it. The kids will have fun. I'm the one who will think it's a disaster, not them. They're going to come in and have a blast. So we're going to try it. So anyway, speaking of wonderful teams and working with, you know, people who are flexible and willing to try new things and go with what you're saying, tell us a little bit about co-teaching. What does that look like for you? All right. So co-teaching. So, uh, this is actually my fourth year co-teaching. Yeah. It's actually my fourth year co-teaching. Wow. Um, and the first year I co-taught, I never heard of, I've never experienced co-teaching before. Like how I experienced it in this school. So in this school that I work at, they have at least one grade level that has a co- uses the co-teaching model. Um, so I'm in fifth grade. So I am in the classroom that has uh, co-teaching students. So what it is, we have a variety of learners in the classroom we have gifted uh and we have uh, my speed babies that i love so much right so um it, it works it works i really love i love teaching in the classroom um with a variety of different students and different learners it makes for such a cohesive classroom um also the biggest 
negative thing I want to say about co-teaching mm-hmm. is we that can sometimes, be real. sometimes you can be in a classroom with teachers who do not accept what you're doing in the classroom. Mm, and true. that's the hardest thing ever. You know, um, I've experienced it um, on several occasions. <laughs> and sometimes I feel it's because, and it doesn't have to be personality, but I have a big personality, right? And um, because I have a big personality and because I can, I get along well with the students, some teachers may seem that as a threat. And I think that's what that what happens a lot yeah. of times. So... Um, sometimes co-teaching can be the, co-teaching can be the best thing, um, when both parties are willing, and then it could be the worst thing when both parties are not willing. Mm, That's a very good point. I love that because the success or the failure of it really relies on the attitude and the willingness and all of that, that, that is by the people providing that service every day. Yes. And just a walkthrough of how my day is. So I co-teach. So in fifth grade, we're departmentalized. So I co-teach with the reading and ELA teacher in the morning. And then I co-teach with another teacher, which is um, we do science, social studies, and math together. So I'm co-teaching with two different teachers throughout the day. Um, that's hard because that's two different personalities that you have to work with. But the the, the thing, the kicker is that I... I stay with one homeroom throughout the day. So the homeroom moves and I move with that homeroom. So I'm seeing the students for the entire day where the teachers are only seeing them for a block. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through the whole That's motions nice. with them through the day. The The morning student, is not the same in the afternoon student, you know? <laughs> so That's the hardest thing. And the way the students... Um, Act around certain teachers. They may not act around another teacher, but I see that because I'm with those students mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. So when you say all day, like, do you ever get to pull them for like what I would call resource time or, you know, where you're providing intervention? Is that just something that's in their reading block or okay. is that a separate time? Okay. So then we have, we have a, a block in a, in, for the entire school was RTI. I don't know if you have RTI uh-huh. in school. So we yeah. have that block. I pull my students, my particular, my students on my caseload during that block. And I provide RTI, work on their goals or objective during that block. And it's a 40 minute block. Um, also, I pull my students when they have any testing. Um, anytime I have to, if my students not understanding the work given in, in the classroom, I can pull them because I have my own classroom as well. So I can pull them in my classroom and then we can, I can go over it just in a small setting. So with um, also me being a co-teacher, I am a resource teacher as well. So I provide services for third grade. So I go into a third grade class um, throughout the day. That's just started about maybe a month or two ago. Um, I go into a third grade class and provide collaborative service for two students. And then I pull them as well during RTI. Wow. I don't even know how that all fits in one day. Like that sounds like three days of work in like one day. Seriously. No, it really is. How are your students grouped? Like, do you service? Let's how many people do you service in fifth grade? How many students? I don't even want to say the number because I know you're going to be like, what? I'm coming to your school. Okay, so before I say the number, let me give this background history. 
All right. Gosh. <laughs> so this you is don't have to say it if you don't want. That's okay. I'm going to tell you, this is actually the first time ever that I've had this amount of students in my classroom, um, this number. So I'm actually only servicing one student. Really? I thought you were going to say like a ridiculously high number. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to say like 50 kids or something. One student. One grade. student. So is he, is that student the only one in all of fifth grade or just in your homeroom? That student is the only one in fifth grade. Um, However, we do have, that student is the only one in fifth grade who's getting co-taught services. Ah, we do okay. have fifth graders who, get, who are being pulled for resource. But okay. I don't service the fifth graders for resource. I'm only serving the fifth graders for co-taught. Okay. So we, do okay. Have, we do have a good um, special ed team at my school. And we do have a good amount of special ed teachers. So basically, um, it kind of rounds out to one special ed teacher per grade level. Right. Wow. And then we have one special ed teacher that does all resource. So she sees all the resource kids throughout the day for all grade levels. Wow. That's a kind of interesting structure and really allows everybody to kind of like both teachers and students get what they need and do what they do best. Like if you know the fifth grade content, as well as those gen ed teachers, you know what they're doing, you know, what's on the lesson plan, you're part of what they're doing. Imagine how powerful that is to helping them actually master grade level, grade level skills. Mm -hmm. But then you're not saying like, oh, there aren't gaps. There aren't deficits. They're still getting help with that. Mm -hmm. So that's wonderful. It is wonderful. Like I said, I've never seen this model at any school that I worked at. But I would say this at the school that I work at, it is working tremendously. Wow. Like the gains that we're seeing is like amazing. Yeah, I'm interested for sure. Okay, so next question then. How did you choose that one student? Are they somebody, you know, like an LD student who does pretty well, let's say in math, but struggles in reading? How do you choose the one student or so the, I didn't of choose students? the student? I didn't choose the student. Um, the student is chosen from the, the IEP, right? Uh -huh. So whatever services they felt like they needed on the IEP, that's how they chose the student. So because that student probably needed uh, more support. They was uh, put in a co-teaching class versus, excuse me, collaborative or versus resource. So, um, yeah, I don't choose the students. Um, I get a case loaded in the beginning of the year. And, yeah. But I'm also... So the, how, uh, do, how does the team then determine? Because, I mean, I guess in my mind, I'm I'm thinking everybody would benefit from co-teaching and resource. You know, everybody would benefit from both. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if the, I've never had a case where my student was receiving co-teaching and resource at the same time. Oh, right? okay. So if their place, if their uh, IEP has co-teaching, they're either all, all getting co-teaching in all subjects or just getting co-teaching in either reading or math and the other subjects they're not. But because I'm in the classroom, I'm servicing all the kids for all the subjects. Mm. Wow. I love that. Wouldn't it be amazing like to take, say, your school versus maybe like my school that is not doing that and compare the data? Wouldn't that yeah. be amazing yeah. to see like, yeah. whoa, Tiffany, look at how much more your kids were progressing, maybe not even on their IEP goals, but just academic standards, you know, just overall fifth grade, what can they do? 
versus say my school where we're not doing something like that. It would kind of be interesting to see. I, I don't know. It just feels like your one student is getting so much more support because he's get you know, it's all day for him. Yeah. And here's the thing, not even that one student, but all the students are getting so much support because so they have true. Two, two educators in the classroom. Right. Um, and here's the thing. So sometimes let's, let's just say we have a student who, um, discontinued uh, services with uh, special ed. But let's say they discontinued in fourth grade. But for fifth grade, we know that they still might need support. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're still placed because we might, we know they still might need support, but they're not, they don't have an IEP, right? So sometimes those students are still placed in the classroom with me because they, and the uh, general ed teacher, because we know that they still might need support. So I do have two students like that in the classroom. So not not only am I um, supporting the students with the IEP, but I'm supporting students who were previously in our program as well. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's wonderful. How do you share the workload between, you know, like planning and copies and how, you know, whether you do centers or all of the things, how do you split that up with another teacher? So that's the tricky part about co-teaching. That's hard, right? Um, so, gosh, <laughs> so for the reading at ELA, we, uh, me and the co-teacher, we kind of divvied up, like, I love writing. I love writing. Like, I love writing. I love ELA. Um, so, Anything writing, I'm like the go-to. You're in, right? yeah. And um, he he's like, uh, yeah, I'll take reading. But anything, and reading and writing goes hand in hand. So I love doing those kind of things. Mini lessons, I love those things. So we kind of divvy up like our lesson like that. So I will provide, let's say, let's say it's a reading lesson. I will provide the connection. He will provide the mini lesson. I will provide the talk and turn or the share or, or what's the activity we're going to be doing. And then we divvy it up like that. So we don't per se, um, per se, you do this, I do that. But we divvy up our mini lesson like that. Copies and stuff. Hey, Tiffany, I need to make copies. God, I need to make copies. We just kind of just like free. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, you would have some teachers who aren't like that, right? Yeah. Where we live in and just kind of like, sometimes you have teachers that you have to let them know that I am not a teacher's assistant. I am an educator just like you. I have student loans to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They feel like you are not an educator. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's two educators in this classroom. And let's keep it cute <laughs> and be well, do what we're supposed to do. Like we can work together. But that's the hardest thing is that you may have a different teaching style than um your co-teacher and you guys could butt heads like that, you know? Mm Um, and I've had that happen before several times. Um, I have a very unique teaching style. Um, um, how you see me is how you're going to see me. I'm very, I'm a lot. (laughs) I'm a lot to deal with in the classroom, I must say, but, um, it's fun. I like, I like to do fun things with my students. Do you get to choose or does it rotate or how does the co-teaching classroom work? Is it, you know, have you worked with this same man many years in a row, all four? Is it like every year it's on a rotation? What does that look like? 
So every year is on a rotation. So I've been at that school for four years. I worked with the same teacher for two years. Um, and then I worked with the, uh, another teacher for two years. This year I'm working with one teacher that I worked with before, but then I'm working with a new teacher, totally new to the school. So it kind of just rotates, fluctuates how, you know, the need is. Because we have talked to my principal currently, we've talked to him about, you know, my second grade group right now, for example, at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year, I only had four students. We have five classrooms. So I wanted to put a lot of my students, if he would have let me, I would have put all four in one room. I didn't even care which room. Our second mm-hmm. grade team was amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't even care who you pick, but can I put them all in that room? And then she and I could spend a good chunk of our day together because I'm not, I can't push into four different classrooms. So my admin, my admin does that. So the admin, so if there is a situation like that, they would put all of the students in one class so that that teacher, whoever's providing collaborative or whoever's prior resource will only be in that classroom. So that means that even though they're not co-teaching Cause like I think K through two they don't have our K through two don't have a whole day of co teaching, so that special ed teacher just provides blocks in the classroom with the gen ed teacher. So that's how we do it too. Well, see, when I was saying, you know, I he would not let me put all four students in one classroom, and his rationale was that that would not be fair. And then how would you know? then that one teacher could be great with getting extra help and support. They might be excited to get another teacher in the classroom. And then that could create some animosity between the other teachers. Or it could be like, Haha, you got picked. Now you have all these special ed kids. Now you have that, you know. And so I get it, but I just feel like it would be really great to try. And so I just didn't know how then you guys chose that. And so then even I told him, I'm like, okay, let's start with second grade because they're awesome. And let's see if then next year we'll put it in a different room and see if we like that. Or that teacher may be like, hey, I'll take all your special ed kids if it gets Amanda in my room for a good chunk of the day. You know, it could go either way and just experiment. And so I kind of like that, you know, that's that's where you are right now. That, that's exactly how we do it. So for example, like the teacher who has the speed kids this year, she probably won't get the speed kids next year. But remember, in fifth grade, we're uh, departmentalized. So let's say that teacher's math, she's teaching math this year. She probably won't get the speed te- te- speed children next year because she had them this year. However, we mix our classrooms. So we have the gifted students and the speed kids together. So that means that she won't she won't get the speed kids. So guess what? You won't get the gifted kids either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it works. The blocks work. It does work. Because even our second grade team, our second grade team, there is no there is no co-teacher that stays in the classroom all day. But they do have blocks throughout the day where there is a co-teacher. So there are two teachers in the classroom. And I've seen pictures and video of how the classroom runs, and it works. And in my our classroom, we do stations. So because we teach, we have different teaching style. And I teach with, um, uh, I have a man as a teacher, and then I have a, a female as a teacher. When we do stations, we'll, we'll teach the same content, but I'll teach it my way, and he'll teach it his way. And it works. Like, we'll be teaching the same thing at the same time, but two different styles. Mm-hmm. 
how do you choose which students are with you versus which students are with him? Because obviously, you know, you're going to have your one to three kids that are kind of yours, but at the same time, they might benefit from the way he's teaching it or his, you know, other kids might benefit from the way you're teaching it. How do you choose? So the students in the class necessarily don't know who's the student that I have on my caseload. They don't right. really know. They do know because when they see me pull the student out of the classroom. Mm-hmm. However, when we do stuff like that, I most of the time I never get my student on my caseload, right? Um, so we kind of just, uh, just by using their assessments, how they did on the assessments, and we just say, any, 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 well, just you, you know, however we think who would gravitate to me or who would gravitate to that that teacher. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's wonderful. It's not your mind. You're stuck with me all the time, even though yeah. our, our pride sometimes gets in the way. Like, well, they're mine. They're mine. They're coming with me. But actually, you know, somebody else could really help them. Like, it's not a bad thing to be with another teacher. It's, it's not, not a bad a thing problem. to hear it two times either. You know, if they hear it from you and hear it from him. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's wonderful. I, I like it. It makes me want to try something yeah, extra. Yeah. Try, try yeah, it even yeah. with one grade level or something. Yeah. Um. So my other question, you and I were talking before we hit record about, I had some questions like, hey, I want to talk to you about your happy meal. I want to talk to you about being positive and some of those kinds of things. But I said, I have some backup questions and they're kind of like organization and whatever. And you were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. <laughs> I am not organized. And I said, I think we should talk about that. I think we should acknowledge that not everybody is a binder, a planner, a type A kind of person. So would you care to tell a little bit about like, what does, and I'm going to use air quotes, like what does organization look like for you and your caseload? Because there are teachers who are just like you out there. Definitely. Um, I am not organized. Okay. It's something that I have to work on constantly every single year. Right. Every year I say, you know what? Next year is going to be the year. (laughs) Organized out in the summer. I said, you know what? I'm going to fix all my, my stuff for my students, depending on their goals. I'm going to put it all here. I even have my daughter help me try to organize. We do it. And then we get into the school year and I'm like, forget this. Just uh, because it's hard to keep up with something that you're literally all these years of my life. I'm so spontaneous. Like I do things like my, um, my colleagues be like, you're talking to Tiffany, but she's on something else. She, she's like, <laughs> she'll jump for several things. So, but what I do do is I do have a binder for my students and I do organize it. So I have the IEP, uh, parent contacts, uh, work samples, all of that stuff, goals, objectives, all of that stuff in a binder. And I do organize that. That's one thing that I do do. Um, however, sometimes, you know, um, I may forget to put, I may forget to put my goals and my objectives in the binder <laughs> when it's supposed to be due. Cause we do binder checks at my school. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we do like monthly binder checks just to make sure everybody has everything they need when they need it. So let's say the binder check is next week, Friday, next week, Thursday, you know what Tiffany's doing, right? <laughs> She's staying late at school. <laughs> She's staying late at school to organize her binder, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's hard. It, it just works. For, you just got to figure out what works for you. And that being organized does not work for me. And that I'm, a, I'm not saying that I'm not, you know, and you don't have to be 
organized to be a great teacher, right? Mm-hmm. No, as long as the things, as long as whatever you have is accurate, you are fine. However, it makes you feel. If being organized is what floats your boat, go ahead. Yeah. Not yeah. organized like me floats my boat. More power to me. It's I've been doing it. I try. I try hard. I even get my kids involved, like I said, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just. I love that. Work. I love that. Also, too, I've been writing down quotes from every episode this season so I can, like, make them into social media images. I have two for you. Oh. And first is, I'm an educator, too. I have the student loans to prove it. I, I always say that. <laughs> and then the other is, you don't have to be organized to be a great teacher because I think that's important to remember. You can be a kick-ass teacher without being, I guess, what the stereotype tells you, you have to be. If you love pens and binders and all the things, then great, then use it. But I just feel like sometimes there's a stigma or like this expectation of what you have to be. But I feel like you are an amazing teacher without all of those things too. Yeah, definitely. Because I I do have binders and I do have some times where I have to be organized. But throughout my day to day, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) And it's okay, right? It's just Mm -hmm. not. And you know what? Your kids still learn. Your kids still grow. They still look forward to coming to school. All the things that we want, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my room is not not messy. I make sure and clean my room every day before I leave. It's not messy. But it's just... My paperwork, yeah, you got to let me know when you're going to check it. (laughs) (laughs) How do you keep track of due dates and things like that then? Oh, child. So now you're asking an unorganized teacher how do they keep track of due dates and stuff like that. Um, My phone, I put everything in my phone, in my calendar, in my notes, because if I don't, I would not be organized. So I have, I have like alarm for everything and that helps me to be organized. So, and the, the teacher in my classroom be like, there go your alarm. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't understand. If I don't have an alarm that mm-hmm. says, Tiffany, get up and go get third graders. All right. Forget. Yeah. Third graders to leave or reading block is over. Reading block started. Specials. Pick them up from specials. Uh, ELA time, I, ha- I have to have those things because those things help me to become organized. I, without those things, I can't function. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And something I do when it's like a student has to take medicine or something like that, but it could totally be done with all the other little things. And maybe I wouldn't be running late every day like all the time because if I had a two-minute warning, maybe I wouldn't be running late, you know? You know what happens is that I have the warning and like even stuff like go to lunch, pick them up mm-hmm. from lunch and stuff like that. When the my my bell goes off, the kids it's so programmed now. They, they know. know what the bells are for. They don't even look at the time. They're like, Miss White, we'll see you back in an hour. And I'm like, because <laughs> they know I'm going somewhere else. Or they're like, Miss White, it's almost time for specials. I'm like, I'll leave the room. And I'll leave my phone and they'll be like, Miss White, it's specials time. And I'm like, 
did the bell go off? They were like, yeah, it did. I'm like, <laughs> they just know. That's wonderful. Well, I have absolutely loved talking to you, talking to you tonight, Tiffany. I think you're fun. I think you're so inspirational and someone that people need to follow. So before we leave, will you tell people where they can find you online? You're wearing your adorable t-shirt, which I just ordered the other day for my glow day. I can't wait to get it. And so just tell people a little bit about what you do and what will they find when they visit you on social media? Okay, so my name on social media is Diavion Blue Innovations. So Diavion is my daughter's name, and I named my business after my daughter because I said she's my first love. So my business is my first love. So I named Aww, it after her. Yeah, blue is my favorite color. Blue and yellow is my favorite color, right? So I said Diavion Blue. I would have put Diavion Yellow, but that would have sound kind of doesn't flow the same yeah. way, right? <laughs> I said Diavion Blue. And you can find me on Instagram at Diavion Blue Innovations. Facebook, I am Tiffany Alicia. I'm on TikTok, Diavion Blue. Twitter, Diavion Blue. Um, one, one thing that I do want to talk about is that uh, on Mondays, I try to encourage teachers to wear the color yellow, right? Because the color yellow is my favorite color. But I feel like if we start our our week off bright and joyful, that can determine how our whole week will be, right? I was having such a bad year and I needed something to help me be positive, right? Because I was not positive at all. I was about to quit. (laughs) I needed something to help me be positive. So I feel like wearing yellow, you can't be mad at somebody's when they're wearing yellow, right? Because you're looking at them and they're like, looking like the sun and you're like, but I don't like you. And you're like, I can't tell them. They look so bright and happy. So I feel like if you are having a bad year or if you're not having a bad year, if you are having a bad year, surround yourself with everything positive, right? Because those things may change for you. But if you're having a great year, just still be positive. So I wear yellow every single Monday of the school year. And that is to bring joy into my school year, into my students. When I'm walking in the hallway, my colleagues be like, there go Miss Sunshine. And I'm like, here I am. (laughs) And then the kids started to... The kids started to notice it. And when the kids started to notice it, I was like, are you going to wear yellow every Monday? And I'm like, yeah, they they can't wait for a Monday to come. And I don't have on something yellow because they want to get me and not wearing yellow on Monday. So then you know what happened? The kids started wearing yellow Mm -hmm. because they seen how much joy it brings me. They want to do it because they want to be like their teacher, right? Yeah. So that's one thing that I want to encourage everyone to do. If you're educating, you're listening. Wear yellow on Monday, and then you can use the hashtag Teachers Wear Yellow on Monday, right? So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see it every Monday. Um, I usually do like maybe a collage of teachers who wore yellow on Monday. I'll put it in my stories so that we all could kind of have like a united front. Maybe follow each other, learn about other people. If you don't have, if you're not fashionable, sometimes some of the educators go all out for Teachers Wear Yellow on Monday. And you can get some fashion inspiration from them, right? And it doesn't have to be full yellow. Like, for instance, this shirt I'm wearing, it just has like a splash of yellow. I wear it for Teachers Wear Yellow on Monday because it has something yellow. Headband, clip, whatever you have that's yellow. 
I love it. And I love to like the, the reason behind it is so genuine. Like that is you, you just want to bring happiness. And I am sure you do every single day, whether you're wearing yellow or not. Yes, I absolutely love it. And I agree. We not yellow, but the color pink. So a while back it was, I don't even know if it's like not red ribbon week at this time of year, but there was some reason why we were all dressing up. And so it was dress up day and they did like wear pink day and everybody's like, oh my God, wear pink. You know, like some people are like, I don't own pink. I don't wear pink. And, but when everybody did, they were all in these like bright colors. And I felt like all day long, all I said was like, you look so good in pink. I love you in pink or like pink is so your color. And multiple people were like, no, like, I look terrible. But it's like, no, you look so bright and just upbeat. And I think it's kind of the same vibe. Like it just, it's bold and wonderful. I love it. It's, it's definitely the same vibe because like um, most, some teachers were like, I don't have anything yellow. I say, it doesn't have to be a full yellow outfit. Yeah. Yellow earrings. But, and then some teachers like, I never would have wore yellow. And I'm like, yeah, it's just like such a color that's so happy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we definitely, we have a very stressful job. And if we could just bring an ounce of happiness, it could, we could change the world. <laughs> I also think Monday is a great time to like bring the happiness because that can set the tone for your whole week. Either you're going to be in a poopy mood all day, which spills over to like, just get this week over with or like, yeah, bring it on. You know, like it is what you make it. And it so is. maybe even the conscious thought when you're standing in the closet that morning, looking for what am I going to wear? And you're thinking about like, you're thinking about being positive. You're thinking about being a ray of sunshine or, you know, like you're thinking about those things, you know, it just puts you in a good frame of mind to walk out the door that day. Yes. I always say when yellow on Monday makes those Sunday, Sunday blues go away. I love it. I think that's another quote. You've got to start because <laughs> I'm filling them a paper. I love it. All right. You're absolutely wonderful. And I am sure People will be following and I feel like they will buy into the mission of Wear Yellow. So I'm so glad you shared that. No problem. Thank you. I, I really, really enjoyed talking to you, Amanda. I really love this. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Um, this was the best thing ever to do on a Wednesday night after school. I agree. Um, I agree. Well, and it's just, I love this. And I feel like I say in every episode, I just love to talk special ed. I started my podcast doing like, here's everything I know about spelling. Here's everything I know about math. And while people like that, and I did get a lot of good feedback and people are like, oh my gosh, you blew my mind about this. Or wow, that was so much. I kind of hated recording it because it was so much. It was like a heavy, like I was teaching a college class or something. And so not that I didn't like that, but it's like, we learn best when we're just talking and I'm like, Ooh, that's a great idea. I could try that. Or I've been meaning to try that. She's giving me the push. And so I just love this, these seasons of the podcast because it's just, I don't know. It's just fun. So I enjoy it. This is the best way to spend a Wednesday night because it's just talking to people who love what they do and want to share it with everybody. And I'm glad you're I one of those people. I absolutely love being a special ed teacher. I've always wanted to be a teacher. 
quick background knowledge. I always wanted to be a teacher, but the reason why I became a special ed teacher is because of my daughter. So my daughter has special needs. She didn't start speaking until she was about four or five. So she always was receiving um, services, uh, primarily speech services, but then it developed to other uh, needs. So she is the reason why I am a special ed teacher and why I enjoy being a special ed teacher because I personally experience with working with special needs. So when I come to the table with my families, I let them know, I know exactly how you feel and I know exactly what you're going through. But let me give you some, I always tell them, let me give you some inspiration. My daughter's 23. She graduated college and she has her degree in criminal justice. Yes, Danielle was the student. Yes, Danielle was the student who, man, every time I went to the school, I was like, let's give her a 70 and let's keep it moving. Like, you know, but she was so sweet and so just a joy to be around. But it was so difficult for her to get her academics where I wanted them to be or where I thought she needed them to be. But she took that IEP and she carried it all the way through with her through college. She even used it in college, right? And she graduated with a degree. And I'm super Good proud of her. her. And I'm super proud of the journey that it has helped me see. So the reason why I'm so empathetic to my family and my passion is there is because I have personal experience. That's amazing. What a wonderful story. I'm so glad, not that she had that path. Like, I'm not glad about that, but I'm glad it led you to here. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the world needs that. Because other than that, I would have been an art teacher. And I would have. Oh. I would have loved it, but. Uh, I, I feel like you would kick butt at that, too. Yeah, this is my jam, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And you have a great night, Tiffany. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.